welcome to Grace Family Church. We are so glad you decided to check out our podcast. Our prayer is that this teaching from Pastor Tommy will encourage your faith and lead you towards the greatness God has planned for you. Thanks again for listening. We hope you enjoy this message. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. You are worthy, you are worthy of our praise. We love you, Jesus. We give you our hearts this morning. We give you our lives. We give you our song. Oh, we'll praise you. We'll praise you. We'll praise you, Lord. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. you this morning. Be welcome in this place. Move amongst us this morning, Lord, and do what you so love to do. Touch us, help us, wrap your loving arms around us, encourage us, strengthen us. Thank you, Father. We love you. We're committed to you. We honor you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Do you love him this morning? He is a good God. Come on, say it with me. Say, he is good. His word is true. And it works in my life. Amen, amen, amen. We'll turn and say hello to somebody. Let them know you're glad they're here. God is so good. And you guys look awesome this morning. You can be seated. You can be seated. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, we're glad you made it out to worship with us this morning. Glad you're here. Want to welcome everybody. I see a lot of familiar faces, and uh, if we have any guests here this morning, we are thrilled you made it and glad you're out as well. Hopefully a greeter has welcomed you, but at the end of the day, we love you, and we just want God's best for you. And so in saying that, just want to remind you that if you have a prayer need or a prayer request, there's always somebody available to pray with you. A couple of ways we do that as a church formally. Number one, on the seat back in front of you, there's a card you can fill out. Just let us know that you've got a prayer request or a praise report if you're more of private nature and just want to let us know that uh, you can bring that forward here in just a moment when we have our meet and greet and drop them in the offering buckets um, uh, you can also go online and submit a prayer request at any point throughout the week and we get that information uh, and then also two other ways sometimes as the Lord leads we'll have an altar call and I'll pray with you you're welcome to be sensitive if the Lord leads that way but uh, also at the end of our service we have a prayer partner team that stands right over here on my right to your left uh, and if there's a need or request you just want to join hands with somebody somebody agree with you they are there to pray and believe God for answers with you all because we love you and because God loves you and he cares about you amen Amen. Well, listen, we want to take a moment to worship God with our giving this morning. Um, if you came prepared to give and you brought something, 
Uh, if you give them by cash, you can put an offering envelope. A check's no need for an envelope. And if you gave online, we want to take a moment to pause at this point in our service so we all collectively can do what we just did. We just worship God with our words where we can worship God with our giving as well. So we want to take a moment to do that. And I, as the pastor, just want to agree with you and believe, God, that the seed you're sowing will meet the needs of the church. And also that seed will be reproduced in your life to meet your needs and so that you can continue to be a blessing to others. Amen. So let's pray over our offering. Father, thank you so much that you love us. Thank you that you care about us. And, and we love you because you first loved us. And you give to us in so many different ways. And one of the ways you've promised is to provide for us to meet our needs. And so we acknowledge that every gift in our life, financial income in our life, it all comes from the hand of a loving God who's empowered us. And so we, we acknowledge that, Father, through our faithful giving. And I thank you, Father, that as folks give, the needs of this church are met abundantly, supplied for, every project's paid for. Thank you, Father, by faith our building over there is completed and completely renovated and ready to be used. And, Father, I thank you through the giving of your people, you are sowing back into their lives, that seed that they've sown. I thank you for raises, jobs, increased promotion, so that they have an abundance in their life to be able to enjoy the good things of this life, had their needs met, but also they have an abundance to be able to give to every good work. We just give you praise and thanks for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, listen, hey, but before we dismiss for our meet and greet and send our first through fifth graders out with Joe, a couple of quick announcements I want to remind you of, and I want to do it at this point in the service so you have a time uh, when we do the meet and greet to make a beeline to the information table to sign up. Uh, next Sunday is our chili cook-off, and right now uh, we only have two people signed up, and so that's not much of a cook-off. <laughs> Right? Uh, we've got a first, second, and third place uh, award uh, uh, design. So if you are planning to bring chili to our cook-off next week, bring it in a crock pot. Just set, we'll have it set up out there for you. Please, on the break, go out and sign up. The reason, number one, we want to make sure we have enough people. If we only have two, we just won't have the chili cook-off. We'll show up in our football jerseys and go home and do our tailgates at home, right? Because next week's Super Bowl Sunday. But uh, we want to have a little fun together as a church before we head off to our separate directions. And so uh, please take the time to sign up. The second reason it sort, sort of helps us is uh, Bonnie and the team that sets up, they'll know how many tables to prepare, right? And so we're not scrambling last minute on Sunday morning, next Sunday morning as people show up. So uh, I know I'm bringing some, and I'm guilty of not signing up yet, so I'll be signing up. Uh, we'll be bringing some good chili, and uh, so I just encourage you to do the same. And then also next week, because it is Super Bowl Sunday, we're just encouraging people to have a little fun, wear your favorite uh, team jersey. Uh, as I said, even though my mighty Raiders are not in it anymore, I'll be wearing a Raider jersey. Um, rooting for them from home that they'll make it next year. But anyway, um, but uh, that'll be a fun time next week. Good stuff going on there. <laughs> What's that? Give it up. Give it up. Yeah. It's been a long time. It's been a long time, but I am faithful. Um, and I don't give up. I'm like God, right? He doesn't give up on us. I don't give up on my Raiders, right, right Zach? Amen. All right. Well, listen, we want to dismiss our, our, our kids with us first through uh, fifth grade. And so if you'll stand to your feet. Oh, one other quick announcement. One other quick announcement before we, before we go, because um, try to squeeze them all in now, because in just a few moments, the uh, folks will join us live after the meet and greet. And I don't want to bore them with details they're not interested in, but I figure you're here, so you're interested. Um, last Wednesday night, um, we did our uh, 2023 review and vision casting for 24. Um, we had a good group of people for that. I would encourage you that if you, if you call this your church home, uh, if this is something you believe God's, you know, if this is your church home, you believe God's called you here, right, to be a part. 
then I would encourage you to go out to our website or go to Facebook or go to the podcast and listen to that message because it's really, it talks about the tone and what we're going to be doing in the coming year. And one thing I do want to let you guys know about, um, the Lord really challenged me uh, this year as I was praying about the coming year, although God doesn't operate in space and time. He challenged me that as a church, we need to be doing more sowing seed and supporting ministries around the world that are reaping the harvest. I mean, uh, there is a harvest that is white and ready to be reaped, and we need to do our part, certainly here, but there are things we can do elsewhere. And so uh, over the last year, uh, the way we managed giving to our um, ministries that we support was really, you know, what came in, we took some off the top and we gave what we could give based on the bills that we had. Uh, But what that produced was really a seed that was a lot less than we've given at any point in the history of our church over the course of a year. So I wasn't happy with that, Uh, not, not because we weren't givers, I think it was just a lack of focus. And so the Lord challenged me this year what we're going to do to sow into these ministries. Uh, We are going to have coming in September. Everybody say September. Say, why are you telling me about this now? Let me tell you why. Because I am not an arm twister and I'm not a fundraiser. I'm just going to make you aware of what we're going to be doing in September. And you can be praying about how the Lord will have you prepare starting now to be a part of this uh, offering we're going to be doing in September. So the last Sunday in September, we're going to be taking up a uh, what we're calling a Grace Family Church harvest offering. And that harvest offering, I'm believing God that in a single offering, we're going to raise $24,000 to sow into six different ministries who are doing great things around the world to reach people for Jesus. And over the course of the next seven months, we'll be telling you a lot about what those ministries are doing. But the reason I'm doing it this way is because this gives you time to prepare. If you think about it for a minute, $24,000 is a lot of money, isn't it? Right? And there are a lot of things we could do with that money. But i got to tell you, one of the greatest things we can do is to sow into something eternal. And, and, and support ministries that are touching the lives of people outside of the realm that we can touch. And so we're just asking you now to start thinking about it. You know, uh, just start thinking about it now and say, Lord, what would you have me do? No more, no less. Some of you, God may say, start setting aside 100 bucks every couple weeks, right? You'll be amazed at how quickly that builds up. And, it, and just looking at this group here, how easily we could raise that kind of money. So that being said, um, this is not about us. It's not about any, uh, every single stick of what we raise. We're going to give away, right? Uh, and so this is not about us. This is about us being those that sow into the harvest and care about the things God cares about. So just wanted to let you know about that. That's coming the end of September. Uh, I'll be talking about it. I'll be sending regular emails just to make sure you guys are planning for it. But once again, this is Just do what you can, right? No more, no less. And I believe if your heart is willing to do all that you can, God's going to bless you to be able to do more than you thought you could. Amen? I just believe that. So anyway, that's coming. So just wanted to let you know about that. That's coming, so be aware of that. Amen? Okay. All right, stand to your feet with me. First through fifth grade, we want to dismiss them with Joe. Give Joe a hand. Let him know we appreciate him. Amen? Uh, and, and so uh, we want to meet and greet fellowship. If you did bring an offering, you can bring that forward. But let's meet and greet fellowship and sign up for the chili cook-off before we come back together for our word. Amen. Some good, wholesome fun. And so teens, I would encourage you, find your friends, go out, do a little ice skating, or at least do a little ice falling. That would be what happens with me. Uh, and just be careful when you fall, amen, and we'll just believe God for, God for God to soften the blow. But anyway, um, youth ice skating, Saturday, February 24th, I think the details are on the screen behind you, it's 7.30 you're meeting there, 
at the Lancelot. All right, so that'll be a fun time. And then also, don't forget, for those of you that signed up and for those online, if you're interested, you can't do this virtually, you got to show up next week, is our chili cook-off. And so we're encouraging folks on Super Bowl Sunday to wear their jerseys, support their teams. Even if your team's not in the Super Bowl, mine's not. Um, uh, but bring your, uh, uh, come out and taste some good chili before you head off to your Super Bowl parties. Okay, uh, I want to start a new series today um, entitled, For God So Loved the world. Everybody say, God, God. loves the world. Uh, John chapter 3 and verse 16, really an iconic verse of scripture. Uh, most people that aren't, aren't saved can even quote this, but I want to read the verse 16 and 17, and then we'll pray together, and then let's just get through what the Lord has for us today. Uh, unless the Lord really uh, causes me to wax eloquent, I don't anticipate this being a really long message. So lock in and listen, because I believe that this message will actually set the tone for what we're going to be delivering over the next couple of weeks. So John chapter 3 and verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for this wonderful group of people and really thank you most of all for the beauty of your presence here with us as, you, as we come together in your name you've promised you're here. And so I thank you for that and I ask for your anointing to rest upon me and help me deliver your truth to your people. Give me clarity of thought, clarity of speech, help me say what it is you want to have said. And Holy Spirit, just use me to speak to the needs and hopes and dreams and wants and desires that people have here today so that when we leave here, we can say, I'm better because I came to church today. I just give you praise and thanks for that in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as I said, we titled this series, For God So Loved the World, and what we're going to be focused on over the next several weeks is, is God's heart for the world. You know, about seven or eight months ago, the Lord dealt with me as the pastor of the church to begin teaching on the love of God. And specifically, I remember him saying, I want you to teach on love until I tell you to do something else. And I can tell you, he hasn't told me to do anything else yet. You say, he, did, he speaks to you? Well, I, you know, it's not like a voice, but there's a prompting in my heart. And I don't have a strong prompting to go anywhere else but to continue to teach on the love of God. And so what we did early on seven months ago when we started this journey of learning about the love of God, we really talked about, you know, God's love in us and how we should express that to others. You know, we should be loving, we should be kind, we should be patient with others, we should be givers. Uh, but then we moved on really into the last series I taught on understanding God's love for us individually. Because what we said was if we don't have a proper understanding of God's love, it can't transform us so that we're expressing his love. We're just trying to do love instead of being the love that's in us because God lives in us. But what I want to do now is I really want to spend a little time, I felt like the Lord leading me to this, I want to focus on God's love for the world. I want to talk about, you know, what we're really going to do is endeavor to see the world around us outside of these four walls through the eyes of God. Uh, I believe it's important for us to do that because I believe if we, once we see this and once we embrace God's perspective of the world, it will allow our lives and it will propel our lives into being sown into something that has significance and meaning. Everybody say significance. Everybody say meaning. See, at the end of the day, everybody on the planet, the heart of every man, cries out for a life that has value, that means something, that's important. 
You ever, you ever been, uh, uh, you know, in the situation where you get up one morning and you just got to go do the work you got to go do, right? You ever done that? And, and, and you, you really ask the question, what's the significance of this? What's this really all about, right? I'm just going and coming, right? Uh, why do you have that thought? I can tell you one of the reasons you have that thought uh, is because God created you with a sense on the inside of you of wanting to do something significant, of wanting to have value, of wanting to, uh, your life to matter, wanting your life to have some type of legacy. Uh, unfortunately, what winds up happening is because of this cry on the inside of most people, they wind up looking for satisfaction, significance in things that really won't satisfy. They wind up looking for success in fleeting achievements. I mean, you know, lots of people have strong goals to achieve something. But, you know, once you get to the top of the mountain, there's always another mountain, right? There, there's this thing on the inside of you that can never be satisfied by personal achievement. Some look at it for fi try to achieve financial security. They think, if I'm just financially secure enough, you know, I'll be satisfied. There are others that look for approval from others. Uh, some, some invest their life in social charitable causes. And then oftentimes we find ourselves not even realizing it, but pursuing a, a distraction from this desire to want to be significant by entertainment, by, you know, uh, the things that we do that are perfectly fine and well, right? But we try to distract ourselves from this cry on the inside of us. But a life of true meaning isn't focused on any of those things temporary, a life of true meaning is truly focused on something that will last longer than your lifetime. As a matter of fact, it'll last longer than a thousand lifetimes. A life of true meaning and significance is a life that is sown into something eternal. Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19. He said, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus told us the key to finding significance in life is to actually pursue something eternal, pursue something beyond this life, Pursue something that has impact on eternity. Notice verse 19, he says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. And, and, and then down in verse 21, he says, Where your treasure is is where your heart is. So Jesus isn't talking about the sowing of natural treasures, although that's part of it. What he's really talking about is, is what is your heart for? What is your heart pursuing? Don't invest your heart in things that are not eternal. Why? Because your heart was created to only be satisfied by the eternal, by eternal things. Because lasting, impactful things matter in our life. The heart of every man, as I said before, cries out for lasting satisfaction. That's why you see many corporations today. You know, if, uh, you know one of the things I recognize over the last 15, 20, maybe 30 years is corporations that, maybe the company you work for even, uh, they recognize this, this cry in the heart of people to be purposeful and significant and to do things more impactful than just going in and punching a clock and driving a business plan, right? 
And so you'll see companies and corporations have these giving days or these social days where they, they invest in charitable organizations. And, you know, that's all good things we can do. But i got to tell you, if those things that we invest in are only impactful in this life, it won't satisfy you the way that God wants you to be satisfied when it comes to the purpose and intent of your life. Social and meaningful causes may have an impact on the here and now and maybe a minimal impact if they're Christian-based, I believe, to point people to something eternal, but they don't have the impact that God wants us to have. Our, our, our insides, everybody say a God-shaped hole. All of us were created in God's image and after his likeness. And God is eternal. He's not bound by this life. And so there is a longing on the inside of us for eternal lasting things. And that God-shaped hole on the inside of us can't be satisfied with anything other than God and his things and his purpose. It's just the way we were designed. You can't get away from it. You can deny it. You can ignore it. You can say, I'll, I'll find it some other way. But I can assure you, based on what Jesus told us, you cannot find that satisfaction anywhere else. See, today's walkaway truth is simply this. This is what I want you to remember, and then I'm going I'm to support it a little bit, and then we're going to close up shop. But here's the walkaway truth. A life of true meaning is only invested in and has impact on eternity. If you want your life to have true meaning and lasting value, you have to have your life sewn into something eternal. Paul clearly calls this out in his encouragement to the Colossian church. In Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1, he says, If you then were raised with Christ. So first of all, let's stop there for a moment, because who is he talking to in this, this particular setting? He says, if you were raised with Christ, what that means is if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, right? So he's talking to believers, but I would tell you this, that this truth actually applies to the entire world if we had time to go into it this morning, right? But he says, especially for the believer, right? You're here this morning. He says, if you were raised with Christ, Seek those things which are above. I'm going to stop there for a moment because that's a really important question we have to ask ourselves on a regular basis. Am I seeking things that are above? Is that the purpose of my life? Is that the intent of my life? Or is my life busy with the rat race? Is my wife busy with the, you know, how many realize you got to support the life that's trying to achieve eternal things. So I understand that aspect of it. I'm not talking about everybody all go out and just sell everything and just, you know, I'm talking about a life is the heartbeat of your life pursuing something eternal. And notice what it says there. It says, if you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. Now, he gets very specific. He doesn't say just seek those things that are above. Because I'm going to lead you down a path here, and we're going to see over the next several verses in Colossians that there is something specific we should be pursuing. There is something specific we should be looking to obtain in our pursuit daily. And in, and in that pursuit and in that obtaining of that thing, it will produce a certain outcome. And we're going to take a look at this in sort of a step-by-step -step process, verse-by-verse -verse process. Notice what he says. He says, if you were raised with Christ, seek those things that are above where Christ is. Well, where is Christ? He tells us, seated, sitting at the right hand of God. So what he says is this, 
First and foremost, your pursuit is not to have an impact on eternity. Your pursuit is to pursue the presence of God. God is sitting at the right hand of the Father. So your pursuit is to pursue the presence and person of God, right? Matter of fact, he says that we need to pursue things which are above where Christ is. So we need to pursue that intimate place where Christ is seated today. So we need to pursue his purpose and pursue him. Why is that? We're going to find out because when we pursue him and find him, there's a transformation that takes place in our heart. There's a transformation that takes place in our heart that will compel us to do something that's eternal and has significance. It will compel us to look beyond just worshiping God. It'll compel us to run out of the presence of God and do something with what God has done in our hearts. We see it in verse 2. It says, set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth, for you died and your life. Everybody say your life. Your life. I want you to think about that phrase for a moment. That's the essence of who you are. That's the essence of the spark in the moment of time when you were created. That life. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. What that verse says is it's to seek the presence of God because what God has for you is in his presence. What God has for you is, is around him. Let me just dumb it down for you. What he's really saying is this, and it's, we hear it all the time. He's saying Jesus is the answer to the cry of our hearts. And, and it starts right there to find satisfaction, have eternal significance and lasting impact beyond the scope of just this life. You have to first find the presence of God in the presence of Jesus. He was saying that while we're looking for a life, it can only be found in something that emanates from God's presence. See, when we press into him and make our life about seeking God, something takes place. That doesn't just allow us to find God. That doesn't just allow us to have goosebumps. That doesn't just allow us to have momentary uh, pockets of time where we're satisfied and then we leave and we're not satisfied. Something happens transformational in us that gives our life meaning, purpose. What is it that takes place? Well, I want want to show you what happens. Verse 4 gives us a hint of it. It says, when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Now, as we read that, at a surface level, we can take that meaning to mean this, that when we pursue God and we make that the goal of our life and his things our life, that when he returns, we will be those that return with him. How many of you realize that's good news this morning, right? And that's certainly an application of that truth. But I believe there's a deeper meaning in this that, that, that deals with the transformation that takes place in us when we find that place at the right hand of the Father where Jesus sits and resides. See, what he says there, he doesn't say when Christ is who our, who our life returns. He says when he appears. See, what the scripture tells us is that when we come to the Father, Jesus said, when you seek me, you will find me. 
And what that verse is saying is, is that when you seek that which is at the right hand of the Father, there is going to be an appearing of Christ in your life. There's going to be a manifestation of Christ in your life to the end that you will appear like Him for you have been touched by Him. Where you will appear with Him in His glory. Right? Where you'll be changed on the ins- from the inside out. That word glory means that you'll appear with Him and sp- you'll appear with Him. In his splendor, in his brightness, in his most glorious position of an exalted state. So what that means, he will elevate your heart to something more than just a natural heart. He will allow you to have a transformation. There's a transfer of heart that takes place when we make him the goal. His glorious nature overtakes us and that heart will produce a life of meaning and significance. It won't be a bunch of striving by a bunch of believers because a pastor stands up and says, y'all need to feel guilty because y'all ain't reaching enough people for Jesus. So guilt-ridden, we go out and try to do more of that. That's not what this is talking about. This is talking about pressing into God's presence, being touched by the heart, the real heart of the Father, to the end that it transforms you and makes you like Him so that there's something natural that takes place in you. That's very similar to what motivates God. And what is it that motivates God? What is it that that the heart of God compels him to do? Let's go back to our opening text. Matter of fact, musicians, you can go ahead and come. You say, I was just getting sucked into this as a musician. I wanted to hear the rest of it. Listen close as you're coming. What is it that the heart of God does? Because it loves it says, for God so loved the world that he gave. Everybody say, he gave. He gave. Now, specifically, that verse tells us what he gave, but the first thing I want you to understand is that the heart of God, the heart of a God that loves, is not a heart that wants to consume. It's a heart that wants to give. See, that's where many people misunderstand God. They think God wants to draw all things to himself because he is God and he deserves it. No, God wants to draw all people to himself because he is a God of love and wants to bless and help and and give. And aren't you glad that that's the way he is? See, for God so loved the world that he gives and gives and gives and gives and gives. He gives forgiveness. He gives mercy. He gives second chances and third chances and fourth chances and fifth chances and however many you need. He gives healing. He gives health. He gives help. God loves and so he gives. And so what this really shows us as we look at this transformation, if we look at this seeking things eternal, if we look at the fact that we're created to be invested in something eternal and we seek his presence, what happens is something changes in us when we touch him and are touched by him. What changes is we, if we're truly touching him, everybody say if we're truly touching him. If we're truly touching him, his heart will become our heart and we'll become givers. <laughs> we'll want to give and give and give of ourselves. We'll want to share and share and share the hope that is in us. We'll want somebody, we'll be so excited about it that we want somebody else to know about it. 
See, I will tell you this. If your pursuit of God is not producing in you a passion to touch others, your pursuit of God is misguided. Can I say that again? If your pursuit of God is only to be touched by his presence and that's it, and it's not producing in you a desire to want to touch others as often as you possibly can, even if maybe you don't act on it, but your heart compels you, because you know your heart can compel you and you cannot act on it, right? And that requires boldness and strength and power. We're going to talk about that in this series. But, it, but if your heart's not compelling you, your pursuit's in the wrong place. See, when we're touched by the heart of God, we're going to care about what he cares about. And that's how the transformation takes place. It's a supernatural thing, but that's how it takes place. We're going to care about what he cares about, and what does he care about? Let me show you what he cares about. John 3, 16 and 17, our opening text. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever... But why did he give? Why did he give? Why did he give? Why did he give? I'm going to say it again. Why did he give? That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Oh man, that word everlasting life is so big and powerful. It's not just so they can get a ticket to heaven. So they can experience that agape life like God has, I mean that Zoe life like God has it. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. So they, once again, once again, remember this. This is the heart of God. It's not a condemning voice toward a lost world. I'll touch more on this in the coming weeks. But there are many people that stand in their bully pulpits and point the finger at a world that's doing what a world is supposed to do. Instead of declaring the message that God loves you in spite of it and sent Jesus to die for you. See, that is the God that we serve. He sent not his, for he sent not his son into the world, condemned the world, but that the world through him might be saved. When we're touched, when we seek what is seated at the right hand of the Father, when we seek the presence of God in his heart, his heart touches us and it changes us and it causes our heart to be his heart and his heart is the world. His heart is the world. And I got to tell you, as I shared even from our message last Wednesday night and the vision for our church, I refuse to allow our church to become a passive country club for Christians. Where all we do is just want to have our worship and don't care about the world around us. If we're going to be touched by the heart of God in a real way, it's going to motivate us to care about a world around us. It's going to motivate us to easily raise $24,000 in September as we think about a seven-month span of our lives and how much we individually can set aside toward that goal. Easy. Why? Because somebody extracted it from you? No, because the heartbeat of God is in you. And there are people in Africa and Asia and North Africa and South America that, that these people that we support have a heartbeat and care for the world and they're going and reaching and training others to go reach, right? See, what a meaningful cause it is to sow our life into the world. Number one, it's meaningful because what does it do? It snatches people from hell and gives them the opportunity to make heaven, right? That's one really important truth. But you know, me and Shannon were talking about this after the church service on Wednesday night. And, and how many of you realize eternity is eternity? That's really important, right? 
But how many of you realize when eternal beings are living temporary lives that have yet to grasp the reality of eternity, eternity is not quite the big deal to them as right now the pain they're going through, right? Even though it should be, right? So one of the other beautiful things of sowing your life into the message of the gospel is not only does it bring salvation for eternity and, you know, for lack of a better term, fire insurance from hell, but it brings the, if we really understand the essence of the gospel that we're delivering, it brings the presence of God into a person's life that needs peace and help. And if you don't look around the world that surrounds us and don't realize that we live in a world that needs peace, that needs love like God gives it, that needs answers that only He can provide. See, we live in such a confused world, and I don't say that condemningly because there are areas in my life where I'm confused and I could use some help probably, right? But we live in a world that's so confused by trying to find purpose and meaning that these people are struggling with gender and people are struggling with uh, uh, addiction, trying to find relief from the cry of their heart. They're trying to find relief from a cry that God put in them that we've got an answer that will satisfy. We've got an answer for the single mother that's wondering, how am I going to pay the bills this month? Let me tell you how. Not from some financial formula or get-rich-quick scheme. Get to know Jesus and he'll, he'll help you fix it all. See, Jesus is the answer for us and for the world. We have an answer. As we move through this series, I believe we're going to be so touched by the heart of God for a world, if we're willing to see it, that we're going to be so full of ourselves that we cannot help but say to somebody, hey, I may not know all the answers, but I do know a man that does and a God that does. Can you give him a couple weeks of your life and come to church with me? If that's all you can do, that's great. He said, but I don't know any scripture. I don't want to open that parent. Don't, don't worry about it. Just, say, I don't, just tell him you don't know, but I do know him. I know him. I know him. And he's the answer. You'll be like the woman at the well who just couldn't contain herself. Remember the woman at the well? Married to five guys and then living with another guy. Used, abused, mistreated in life. Kicked to the curb five times. Hurting. And Jesus showed up to her and he said just a few simple words. He didn't give her relationship correction. He didn't give her relationship prepare. He didn't give her long-term counseling. Here's the beauty of a thing about Jesus. There is a supernatural power in touching his presence that can change a life in an instant. And that's what happened at the, with the woman at the well. It, 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 he touched her in such a way that, that notice what he did. He said to her, she was hurting. She asked all these questions. And Jesus just cut right to the heart of the matter. Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. What was he saying? He was saying there's a hole, there's an eternal hole on the inside of you that this life cannot satisfy. But whoever drinks of the water, oh, thank God for the water. 
Whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. And those words caused that woman to leave that well and tell an entire city, hey, I don't know about what's going on in my life, but I met a man. I know somebody who changed me, who healed me in a moment. So you want to know what the world is looking for? in their gender searching, in their drug addiction, in their relentless pursuits for achievement, what they're really looking for is the only thing that they can be, it can only come from the hand of Jesus. They're looking for a supernatural touch from the master, something that only comes from the right hand of Jesus in the presence of the Father. They're looking for what I was looking for when I was 18 years old and I was in college, looking for significance, looking for meaning in a future career, looking for meaning in a relationship that was not the relationship I should have been in. And something in my heart, thank God, said, let's go to church. And I walked into a small church, not many more people than this, and at that altar call, I heard the cry of eternity saying, here's what your heart is looking for. And as I walked forward, all I can say is like God wrung me out like a wash rag. He didn't say any word. I can't even remember what the guy preached about. But I remember in that moment standing there, I met Jesus. I had already been born again at five years old. Spirit filled at 12. But I got reacquainted with him at 18, and it changed my life. See, over the next several weeks, we're going to take a look at God's heart toward the world, God's plan for the world, our part in God's plan, and the power to be effective in that plan. To deliver more than an argument, but deliver an experience of the presence of the Holy Spirit that will change a life. But for today, for today, our simple walk-away truth is this. For us, for us, and for anyone for that matter, to have a satisfying, meaningful life, it can only be found in pursuing the heart of God and allowing His heart to change us into the givers that He is. Amen? Aren't you glad He gave to us? Aren't you glad he sent Jesus to shed his blood so that no matter what you do, no matter how egregious, no matter how ashamed of it you are, he will forgive it. Whoo, that's enough to rejoice about this morning. Thank God for Jesus. What I want to do is just take a moment to worship him and thank him for the fact that he loves us just that much. Amen and to tell him back from our own hearts, we love you. Change us. Make us more like the Father. Amen? Stand to your feet with me. Every head bowed, every eye closed. No one looking around before we sing. If you happen to be here this morning, every head bowed, every eye closed as we all stand. If you're here this morning, you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. You've never met him. You want to be touched by heaven this morning. You want to have an experience with Jesus. And you've never asked him to be your Lord and Savior. If that happens to be you, would you raise your hand this morning and say, that's me, I want to accept him. Anyone at all, just wait a moment. I'm going to wait a moment. Don't miss your opportunity. Don't miss your chance. 
anyone at all. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Here's what I want to do. There are people that are watching online. There are people that will listen to this recording. If that happens to be you that is listening, I'm going to have this congregation pray a simple prayer out loud, and I'm going to ask you at home to say that prayer with your own words and mean it from your heart. That prayer, the essence of it is, Jesus, I trust you, I believe in you, I believe you died for me, I want to accept you. So everybody, if you'll pray this prayer out loud with me to help those that are watching, say this with me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe you came because you love me. You died on a cross and shed your blood to forgive my sins. So I confess you as my Lord. I bend my knee to you and give you my life in exchange for yours. Thank you right now that I'm forgiven. I believe you're alive and you live in me. Thank you right now that I'm a child of God in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I believe people prayed that prayer. I believe people will pray that prayer from listening to this message. But what we want to do this morning before we close is I just want us to take a moment and thank God that he loved us enough to give to us so that we could be loved by him enough to become givers to others. Amen? Amen. Shannon, go ahead and lead us in whatever's on your heart. Amen. Let's just brush it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm in awe of you. I'm in awe of you. Where your blood ran red and my sin washed white, I owe all to you. I owe all to you at the cross. At the cross, at the cross, I surrender.
thank you so much for giving us Jesus and giving us the opportunity to bow a knee and have a relationship with you. But Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will anoint the next several weeks in such a way that when we touch your heart, we are changed to have your heart that will truly become a people that give and give and give. And it's not talking about money. Give our lives that, a heart that gushes for a world that you love. Thank you, Father, for that. Oh, thank you that we'll pursue you. But thank you for the transformation that takes place on the inside of us that compels us to sow our lives into something eternal. I thank you for it, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If you're here this morning and you had a need that you'd like to have prayed for, we'll have prayer partners at the front here. Matter of fact, if you want to go ahead and make your way to the front, uh, you can just, as we're being dismissed and as you're exiting, you can make your way over to those folks and they'll agree with you and pray with you and believe God for answers in your life. He is present to do just that for you. Amen? Amen. But how many of you know the heartbeat of God is God loves the world. And if he loves the world, if we're touched by him, then we will as well. Next couple weeks, we'll find out how we can do our part to fill our place in that purpose. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for each person here. Thank you that you love them, you care about them. I pray, Father, that we've all gained a glimpse of what can bring satisfaction to the God-shaped hole on the inside of us. Even if we've been born again and accepted Christ, there's still that cry for eternity. And I pray, Father God, that we'll pursue you even more so with a heart that says, I want your heart. I want you to live through me. For that's only where satisfaction can come. I give you praise and thanks for that. I pray for each person here as they exit here and leave and go their separate ways that your hand of protection will rest upon them, that your hand of blessing will rest upon them, and that wherever they go, they have favor in front of them your protection behind them, your glory surrounding them, so that whatever they put their hand to prospers and you bring them back to safely worship with us next week as they bring others with them. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you all. Have a great week. We'll see you Wednesday or Sunday. Amen. Thanks for listening to our Grace Family Church podcast. We really hope you enjoyed this message. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, we would love for you to get connected. Just go to gfcva.info to learn more about who we are, how to give to this ministry, or how you can get involved. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you soon.